0: This is an Onami podcast. I really let my ego get the best of me, and I went into the early days of that job search completely unprepared. I mean, you know, here I was with, oh my gosh, I have all these big names on my resume, right? I have all this experience. I went to these great schools. And you know, that ego, yeah, she got humbled real quick when I realized that it wasn't just about all of these big names on my resume, If I didn't have a clear strategy around how I was actually going to navigate my job search. What's going on, 9 to 5 hotties? Welcome to the 9 to Fly podcast. I am so excited that you're here. And shout out to the Anami team because... Having my own podcast has been something that I have been manifesting for a long time. So it means a lot that you are here. This podcast is all about helping you maximize your nine to five and getting closer to the hottie lifestyle that we all want, whether that's traveling more, building more wealth, or just having more flexibility and freedom to do the things that you love. I am your host, Sania Elamine of Finance, and I'm gonna be guiding you through these episodes every week with tips inside stories, behind the scenes, and really just all the things that you need to know to be able to secure the big obnoxious bag, okay? This episode is super important because we're going to be talking about how to speed up your job search. For any of my job seekers that are listening, I have some tips for you i've tried everything for you and i'm here to give you some real advice to speed up your job search so that you can save more time and energy and get closer to that next six-figure offer so let's dive on in before we get into all of the tips I wanna tell you some of the things that I've learned in my own job search. So back in 2021, it took me about six months to land a new job. And there were some things that I learned along the way that I wanna share with you so that you can avoid some of the mistakes and pitfalls that I fell into. So let's first talk about why I really needed to leave. Back in 2021, I unfortunately was working in a toxic work environment that I desperately needed to leave. I was just at a point at that particular company and that particular team where I just felt like my presence wasn't being valued. I felt like my work wasn't being valued. And coupled with the fact that the company overall was making decisions to return back to the office, I just no longer felt that that company was the right cultural fit for me. So I decided I wanted to bounce. I wanted to peace out, okay? Okay. I was really ready to land a fully remote job, and that was not something that I'd ever really had before. Coming out of the pandemic was really my first opportunity to see what a remote job was like, and I could not get enough of it. So I was really ready to move into a role where I wouldn't have to make concessions with myself and I wouldn't have to settle around how I preferred to work, which was having a more fully remote job. Let's just say when I started my job search, I really let my ego get the best of me and I went into the early days of that job search completely unprepared. I mean, you know, here I was with, oh my gosh, I have all these big names on my resume, right? I have all this experience. I went to these great schools and you know, that ego, yeah, she got humbled real quick when I realized that it wasn't just about all of these big names on my resume if I didn't have a clear strategy around how I was actually going to navigate my job search. So, you know, going in to the job search, not being prepared, it really did take me quite a few months just to kind of get into a good flow. And I feel like in that time, also not understanding how hiring cycles work, I was actually applying and trying to aggressively apply for jobs during some of the slowest times of the year to hire. And I got really burnt out from rejections and just from feeling like I wasn't making any progress, any real progress in my job search, right? I was going on interviews, nothing was really panning out. I was getting tons of rejections. And it not only started to like hurt, my confidence. But as I mentioned, I started to get really burnt out, right? I was also working a full time job. And the job search in itself started to feel like it was a job altogether. So I really had to pivot. I had to re-pivot and focus on a new strategy, which really required me to unlearn many of the things that I was doing, right? What you can already hear was that I had no strategy, right? I was going in completely unprepared. I was letting my ego get the best of me and thinking that, oh, I already have all these fancy things on my resume. I don't need to really focus on telling a story or connecting the dots for recruiters. And those were all really big mistakes that unfortunately caused my job search to be a lot longer than I would have liked. All in all, by changing my strategy, I was able to land that fully remote job. I was able to grow up my salary. I ended up making $186,000 plus bonuses, equity, benefits, and more. I had benefits like unlimited PTO. And I was able to also get away from that toxic work environment, which really helped my mental health. So over the rest of this episode, I want to share with you three tips that you can take away to speed up your job search right now. Learn from me all the mistakes that I've made so that you can go through your job search with more confidence, with a clearer strategy, so that you can get to those offers a lot quicker. Let's talk about my first tip. My first tip, if you want to get hired, you have to focus on transferable skills. Now, if you follow me on the gram, you know transferable skills, I talk about it ad nauseum, right? Because I really believe that as job seekers, we have to get really clear on what our transferable skill sets are and how they relate to the jobs that we want. I think too many of us make the mistake of skipping past this stage and just looking at job titles without really doing that work to connect our experiences and our past experiences with what the jobs are really asking for. Because the reality is no matter what your background is, no matter what job you're working right now, you do have transferable skills that are worth way more money. So transferable skills can really help you in your job search by one, helping you see how much your skills are worth. But also for anyone who's trying to pivot or do something new, it can open up a whole new list of jobs and opportunities that you might not have previously considered. You might be working in a job today, not realizing that you actually have a transferable skill set that could be earning you more money or helping you break into a new industry. So here are a couple of examples of what I mean by this. Class example, all my teachers, right? A classroom teacher, has the same transferable skill set as a learning development manager, as a sales enablement lead, as a customer service manager, right? And these are all roles that can exist in tech and financial services and other industries. Another example, someone who works in retail, a retail store manager, has the same skill set as a sales enablement lead or an account executive. Again, same skill set, same focus in terms of what these jobs do, but potentially more money on the side of the roles that are in tech or in other well-paid industries. And another one of my favorite examples, administrative assistant. Anyone who works as an executive assistant or an admin assistant, you have the same skill set as an operations manager. And these are roles that pay six figures or more in industries like technology. I want us all to get really clear on what our transferable skills are so that we can turn those into new opportunities and make more money. Okay, second tip. I really want you to also learn how to read job descriptions and target the right information. If you remember my story, right, I went in completely unprepared. I went in just thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna get hired because I have all these fancy names in my resume. But instead of doing that, what I should have done was get really clear on what are, exactly are the right types of jobs I was looking for. I was working as a product manager, but even within product management, there was such a diversity of different types of roles. I think I was very naively going in, expecting all of these jobs with similar job titles to have the exact same requirements and skills. But as I started to read more job descriptions, I was able to target the right information so that my resume could really stand out. I think many of us fall into the trap of getting really caught up on job titles and the qualifications that we don't have, right? We can all relate to the experience of reading a bunch of job descriptions and feeling like, oh, I don't know if I can do this job because I don't have that one skill or oh, my gosh, they're calling out a certain level of years of experience. I don't have that right. It's so easy to get caught up in what we don't have instead of focusing on what we do have. And what I actually want you to do is focus more on what you do have and make sure that your resume really speaks to those skills. Here's the thing. A job description is kind of like a Santa's workshop wish list. The reality is that recruiters and hiring managers will fill up job descriptions with almost every type of role and responsibility that they can think of. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to meet 100% of the qualifications just to apply. Here's the thing. You shouldn't even be applying for jobs where you meet 100% of the qualifications. That actually means that you're overqualified. So I want you to actually start thinking about reading job descriptions and really understanding what are those common skills that they're asking for. What are the keywords that are coming up repeatedly over and over again as I read more job descriptions? And does my resume sound like the jobs that I'm seeking? So instead of focusing only on the skills that you don't have, I want you to shift more of your thinking towards, hey, I have all these amazing skills that these recruiters are already looking for. Let me make sure that I'm playing those skills up in my resume, let me make sure that I'm speaking to those skills when I'm having informational interviews, when I'm going through my phone screens, so that I'm really connecting the dots with the recruiter on the skills that I have and how I'm the top candidate that they're looking for. A great exercise to be able to do this is literally go onto a job board site like LinkedIn and actually read what these job descriptions are really asking for. Ask yourself if this is something that you feel like you can do. Ask yourself if you have at least 50% of those requirements and ask yourself if this is a role that actually sounds like something you genuinely be interested in. I feel like if you're checking those boxes, even if you don't have 100% of the requirements, those are still great jobs to apply to. And my third tip, it's so important in terms of speeding up your job search to also get to a place where you have removed the emotional investment that you feel in every outcome. And the only way to do that is by applying to more jobs. So very early on in my own job search, I was falling into the trap of really giving a shit about every single job I was applying to, right? I'm sure you can relate to this, right? You scoured job boards like LinkedIn. You found the perfect job description. It sounds like you to the T. It's something you're super excited about. You could even say this is a dream job. And then you apply and either don't ever hear back, you get ghosted by a recruiter or just flat out rejected. I know that happened to me several times. And very early on in my job search, I was only applying to types of jobs like that. I was only applying to jobs that I was super excited about. I was only applying to jobs that I was so emotionally invested in that you know it really hurt to get rejected from those roles. It really did hurt when those roles didn't end up working out. And what I had to learn was that job seeking is a numbers game and it's so important as a job seeker to speed up your job search by applying to more jobs they say that the average job seeker will submit over 100 applications just to land a single offer and i gotta say in my own experience those statistics are very relevant to like what actually happened with me it it did actually take me applying to about 100 jobs per month until I kind of got to a point where I was able to land that offer that really changed everything for me. So you really have to eliminate the emotional investment that you feel in every job by applying to more jobs and realizing that rejection is part of the process. But the more that you apply, the less it stings kind of every time. <laughs> the more you apply, the less it stings when you do get those natural rejections, right? 100% of the jobs that you apply to shouldn't work out, right? rejection is just a natural part of the process so by applying to more jobs you really just get into a more consistent habit where you're getting closer to the opportunities that really most closely align with your skills and with where your career is meant to go I want you to stop cherry-picking your dream job especially when you're early on in the job process hear from me right I did that too I was definitely doing that early in my job search And it really wasn't until I had to shift gears and start applying to more jobs, just getting into a habit where I was applying more consistently that things started to change. Now, for my next segment, I want to introduce you to a cool segment that I'll be doing throughout the show. It's called Corporate Lingo, a.k.a. all the terms that nine to five hotties need to know. And fittingly so, in an episode where we're talking about speeding up your job search, let's define a term that you will probably hear over and over again when it comes to job or career advice and that term is applicant tracking system or ats now what are ats systems ats systems are software that are used by the majority of companies to make decisions on which candidates to hire an estimated 98 percent of all fortune 500 companies are using some form of ats in their job and candidate and recruitment process so chances are if you are applying to a job online you are submitting your resume and your application into an applicant tracking system. So it's really important to know how these software work so that you are not falling into the pitfalls of seeing the automatic rejections over and over again. So let's talk about some quick ways that you can beat the ATS by showing up with a really optimized resume. First, we already talked about this, but I wanna say it again. It's really important to make sure you're using the targeted keywords for the job title you seek read the job description and really get clear on what are the keywords that this job is asking for? What are the top skills and requirements that this job is asking for? And make sure that that exact language, some of those commonly used words and phrases, appear in your resume and are sprinkled throughout. So when it comes to formatting, make sure that you're formatting your resume as a PDF or a doc file, something that will be easy for the ATS system to read and decipher. You really want to make sure that you're avoiding special characters, colors, designs. This is not the time to use Canva, right? Don't use Canva to update your resume and really make sure that you're using traditional fonts like Times New Roman or Georgia. The easier it is for an ATS system to read and decipher your resume, the better your chances are of moving forward in the job process. So with these tips, you should be able to increase your chances of getting through more ATS systems with ease. It's now time for the nine to five hotline. This is one of my favorite segments of the show where I actually get an opportunity to answer your questions. So check out my show notes for my number. I want you to send me a text message, send me a voicemail of any questions or funny stories that you have that relate to your nine to five career. And you might just hear them answered on a future episode. So for today's hotline, we have a few questions that I wanna answer live. And I'm really excited to, uh, you know, help these nine to five hotties. So here's a question from a nine to five hottie. What advice do you have on how to take care of your mental health and keep your mind in a good place while applying for jobs? I love this question because the reality is, I mean, I know a lot of us know this, but shit can really hit the fan when you are applying to jobs. Right. Uh, Your mental health can really start to spiral when you don't feel like you're making that progress that you want to see. I know I've been there, right? Y'all heard the story. It took me six months to land a job. Definitely fell into many periods of self-doubt, definitely fell into many periods of questioning if the things that I wanted were realistic, attainable. So I totally relate to this question. Now, when it comes to taking care of your mental health, I think it's super important to have a routine for yourself in terms of how you're going to pour into yourself and your mental health, whether that is speaking with a therapist, speaking with a counselor, journaling, meditation, prayer, really thinking for yourself, what does my routine look like and how am I making time out of every day to center my mental health? I think that was something that was very important for me in my job search, was just realizing that I need to get back into therapy, realizing that I needed to carve out more time in my day to actually focus on my mental health. So I think that's number one. I think number two... Within the job search, I think that many of us start to see it as a as a sprint and not a marathon, right? So I think with that, I think that we also have to normalize taking breaks. Taking breaks in our job search is completely something that's totally fine, right? You're not going to be behind the curve because you need to take a week off or you need to take a weekend off of your job search, right? So... I think we also need to build in those breaks into our job search where we're not spending every waking moment obsessing over jobs, assessing over interviews, right? Whether that is taking one day out of every week to literally do nothing in your job search, I think that's a great idea. Or maybe even just taking more concerted breaks where you're saying this weekend of every month, I'm not going to spend time on my job search. I'm going to spend time with friends, with family. I'm going to focus on those hobbies, those other things that I love. It's all about creating balance. And I think we often fall into places where we're not taking the best care of our mental health when we aren't creating those healthy boundaries for ourselves around how much time is a reasonable amount of time to spend on our job search. So with these two things in mind, I would definitely say, you know, y'all know I'm not a mental health professional, so maybe that's something that I can focus on in a future episode. Actually having someone who is a mental health professional coming on the show and giving us some more strategies and techniques around how to stay sane in the job search. But I would definitely say those have been things that really helped me out in my six month job search that I hope will help you. Now, let's take another question from the hotline. Okay, here's another question. Hi, Sania. So excited to send in my question. Do you have any advice for how to advance your career or get better paying jobs when you're at an entry-level job and feel like your work is, quote, less valuable because the role is entry-level? For context, I work as a health engagement coordinator for a health insurance company. I support a team of seven strategists with a book of business of 185 accounts. I oftentimes feel like my work is overlooked because it's dealing with more behind the scenes logistics and admin side of things. Maybe it's a mindset shift thing, but it feels almost impossible that any company would hire me for a six-figure job because of just a coordinator. Well, shout out to this hottie and thank you for this question. I definitely relate to this question in terms of just navigating the early stages in your career or navigating entry level jobs in your career can be difficult, especially if you start to feel like your job is more in a support side of things, right? It's not as strategic. It's not really driving the business forward, but there are a couple things that I want to just affirm in this hottie before we kind of talk about the tips. First of all, this hottie has already shared that they work in a cross-functional team, right? They work with seven strategists and The overall business that this entire team supports sounds like it's pretty significant. I mean, over 185 accounts for a health insurance company. I'm sure that is a significant amount of revenue that this team is managing. So I think first, as this hottie mentioned, which I will underscore, we have to stop discrediting ourselves before other people do. I think this hottie actually has a lot more to show for their work than they're giving themselves credit for. So that's first. I think we really have to believe and have that confidence in ourselves that the work that we're doing is impactful and it is valuable. My advice would also be when you're in an entry-level job, one of the ways to really stand out and I think really start to Have more people on your team see you as a valuable part of the team is to become that problem solver. Something I learned very early on in my career was that a way to differentiate myself was kind of to be that person that people could always come to when they needed someone to get shit done. You know, when you're very early on in your career or if you're playing a role that's more entry level or, you know, more administrative, I think it's important to sometimes go above and beyond to show that you can proactively solve problems. You know, I think what's really important when you're in an entry level role is to become someone that people really start to see as a problem solver and to get into a point in your in your workflow, in your organization, where you can start to anticipate the needs of the people that are higher up above you. Something that I really started to do when I was entry level, even when I was a junior product analyst in my first career was, I was that person who I was always willing to raise my hand and, you know, agree to do things that no one else wanted to do, right? And with that, I feel like I started to develop a brand amongst my team and across my company as someone who was, a go-getter, someone who was unafraid to get their hands dirty, someone who was willing to pick up slack, but also someone who could be trusted, who could be relied on. And I think those experiences really helped me develop a, a personal brand that allowed me to get on a fast track to getting promoted internally, that allowed me to build a lot of great relationships across my company that allowed me to get on the radar of more senior people. And with that, that's really how I started to also make more money and demand more money at other companies because I had already kind of proven myself at my current one. So my advice would be for this hottie is to one, stop discrediting yourself. You do actually have value on the team. You are driving value-based work. So definitely shifting your mindset towards more believing that and affirming that is going to be key. I think, too, the more that you can start to think of your role as more strategic in terms of you're not just an admin. You are someone who is critical to moving the business forward. You are critical to supporting this cross-functional team and starting to approach work in those ways and starting to anticipate what those seven strategists will think of or what your manager will think of before they think about it is also a way to start to build up a professional brand where people will start to see you as someone who is ready for that next level and ready to make more money. And then I would say third that we haven't kind of talked about is I think it's also great to always be interviewing. Don't be afraid to have conversations with people outside of your company so that you can really start to see that Hey, actually, maybe there are skills that I do currently have, even in my quote unquote entry level role that other companies are willing to pay more for. So those would be my suggestions for this hottie. But thank you so much for the question. And if you are listening in and you have a burning question that you want me to answer, check out my show notes for my phone number where you can send me a text or a voicemail and I will answer it on a future episode. So just to recap, we covered three ways to speed up your job search. I shared some tips with you on how to focus on your transferable skills, how to start reading job descriptions and target the right information, and also how to remove the emotional investment in every outcome when you're applying to jobs. You heard a little bit more about my job search and some of the mistakes that I made along the way that actually cost me a lot of time and energy. So my hope from you is that you can take these tips and apply them to your own job search so that you can get closer to your next six figure offer. So I wanna thank you so much for listening to this episode of the 9 to 5 podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to my channels across Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And tune in next week for our next episode where we will be getting into more of the tea on how to secure the big obnoxious bag and get closer to the lifestyle that you really want, okay? I will catch you on a future episode. Thank you, bye.